and welcome to the Doors Black Sea podcast. This is the place where we throw a spotlight on the Black Sea marine environment, combining science, business and education in ways that we hope are accessible to everyone. I'm Mike Rea and I'm from the Doors communications team and this podcast series is something we're delighted to get off the ground as a way to stimulate discussion, ideas, news and to talk to some of the people working together to make the Black Sea a better place. And with COP26 having just happened in Glasgow last year, we were lucky enough to catch up with Natalia Sheppel for our first ever interview. She's a former student of Odessa State Environmental University in Ukraine and is currently studying oceanography at the University of Southampton in the UK. And I should mention this interview at this point was quite a challenge to set up. It was the day of the climate march in a very wet, rainy Glasgow. A lot of the roads were closed and it was near impossible to get a meeting space anywhere in the city. But fortunately, and last minute, one of my friends let us use his apartment in the south side of the city and even supplied us with some strong coffee to help warm us up and record the interview. So by hook or by crook, we were able to make it happen. So thanks so much for joining us today, Natalia. We're going to talk a little bit about doors, your interest in ocean science, the Black Sea, Ukraine. But today you're here in Glasgow attending COP26. Can you tell me a little bit about why it was important for you to be here? As for me, I am studying oceanography and uh, I have started uh, in Ukraine and now I have opportunity to study in the UK. So for me, it was a really good chance to visit such big event, such huge one, and to talk with people about the problem that we have in the Black Sea, because it's not widespread. I think that not a lot of people on the earth know that, uh, for example, the Black Sea is the most polluted sea in the European Union and in Europe as well. So it's time to talk about this and to raise awareness. Okay, so can you tell me what led you to choose oceanography as a course in the first place? And where did your interest in the environment stem from? Was there any experiences you had when you were younger that really inspired you? So when I was young, uh, uh, I just really remember that it was my, when was my first time to see the Black Sea. It was really huge and very big impression. So as a kid, I was impressed by the waves and how big is it. So um, I feel that I belong to the sea. No, my mother was not a mermaid, for sure. I'm free diver and uh, I'm a swimmer. So I was all the time in the water. I'm I, I really big fan of this, you know. So that's something that can drive me uh, because my previous experience was uh, as a marketing manager. But then I decided that maybe I need to do something for myself, not only for money. And that was time to, to understand uh, the educational system in Ukraine. And do we have any courses on universities at all? It's actually interesting you say that because part of what we're doing indoors at the moment is looking at capacity building, particularly in relation to education opportunities in the region. Where are the gaps and where are the courses for young people? But touching on that, what methods do you think are effective in connecting young people with the sea and ocean literacy in general? Um, I think that the main, uh, main purpose and the main channel to connect with uh, young people now is social network, for sure. So I think that we need to use TikTok and Instagram and attract more and more uh, bloggers to talk about this and to have like uh, normal citizens uh, talking more and more about uh, things that's going on with the Black Sea because not all of us are aware about this because, for example, uh, the coastal territory uh, um, along the Black Sea is very narrow, so uh, not a lot of people live close to, to the coastal. Uh, so that's why it's really good to, to be in Odessa to have good days, but uh, also people need to know more about uh, bad things that's going on now with Black Sea. 
So if we were to touch on some of those problems then, a lot of the people listening to this podcast may not really be aware of some of the environmental challenges that face the Black Sea. How would you describe how it's changed even, even in your lifetime? Talking about climate, so I think that we have a lot of problems during 20 years. And so you can see, for example, the Black Sea is blooming all the time and we have a lot of pollutions coming to, to the water. And that's a huge problem uh, for the citizens of my country because, uh, for example, Black Sea was a big recreation zone and we have uh, problems more and more often and often. And people just can see the sea but cannot go uh, just to swim and have their good time. So uh, we need to do something about phosphates that come in with the river flux, with the fresh water. Uh, because, uh, for example, there is no end from the Black Sea. Okay, so all the rivers, uh, they are getting uh, their sources uh, from the mountains, from the different countries. And people just... Uh, just throw away uh, all the litters that they have, all the plastic at the dead end is the Black Sea. And you think that's impacted the economy? Um, as far as I remember from my childhood, uh, fisheries were very good. Uh, in the Black Sea, different types of fishes, but now we have um, a lot of them reduced and going down. And for example, the fishes that... Uh, uh, very, very common for my uh, family, for my father. So they uh, do, uh, say don't exist for now. So we cannot eat this fish like uh, that was on the table for my grandmother or my father. And more and more uh, young people uh, from the university and from friends, uh, friends that I know that's uh, getting more and more into this problem because it's not possible to see how it's dying right now. You mentioned there are a lot of young people getting involved in climate issues. But here at COP26, we have Greta Thunberg saying, all we're hearing is blah, blah, blah. And there's that sense that there's a real disconnect between politics and everyday people, young people. How do we go about addressing that? I think that we need to be sound, first first of all. And we need to talk about this more and more um, in different, maybe not only uh, newspapers uh, for um, uh, for political purposes, but and to make it not fancy, but interesting for people. I mean, to provide more facts, because, for example, this was a very interesting news that I heard maybe um, just one month ago, but it's interesting that uh, some ships were found on the seabed uh, of the Black Sea, uh, very well preserved. Uh, so it's uh, like time to be a pirate and dig deeper uh, into the Black Sea to find beautiful ships and to be adventure again, because uh, many years ago, uh, I think that uh, all of us were uh, into this adventures book because, for example, in my ch childhood, uh, I read a lot um, uh, about different sea and adventures of Wegener and uh, other challengers. So it's time to be back to books and to interesting facts about Black Sea, not talking about pollution only. I think that's a fantastic point because there's so much history surrounding the Black Sea that I think we can really make more of that. I mean, you're talking there about 2,000-year-old ships that have been preserved precisely because there's no oxygen in the water. There's no bacteria down there to damage the wood. These are the kind of things that I think really captures people's imaginations and really makes science so much fun, I think. Right, that's right. But if you were to describe the Black Sea in the Ukraine, what would you want people to know? 
Uh, that's an interesting question. Uh, I think that uh, people need to know that uh, the Black Sea is uh, near the closest zone elongated basin, and dimension is quite big. So, uh, for example, previously Black Sea was a, like a big lake many, many centuries ago, and it was not pretty much connected to this Mediterranean Sea. But after a while, so after the sea level rise, so it became a city. But uh, the level of salinity is very, very low. And the main thing about Black Sea is it's a very interesting uh line like a border uh, on 200 meters uh, after this 200 you don't have uh, oxygen at all so this is the main uh, thing uh, and feature of, of the black sea and i think that people need to understand what is going on before this line and after this line because it's that will be a level uh, for a um, proper understanding of this system very interesting fact about black sea Uh, for now, uh, this phytoplankton named Coccolita force, if I sound properly, sorry, <laughs> if not, uh, uh, they are fixing carbon and that's good for ecology because we know that level of carbon CO2 is very high now and these small things, they can fix it and uh, all the carbon is going down to the seabed. Um, but it's not good because uh, they usually bloom in during summer. But now uh, from the NASA and satellite uh, pictures, we can see that it's blo uh, blooming also during winter. Uh, and that's uh, bad for um, other plankton, not phytoplankton, but like for normal uh, fishes and algae as well. Uh, but some species, they can appear only uh, when the water is healthy. And um, some of these mollusks and crabs, uh, they, uh, they are now back. To the water, and uh, there's a big prog uh, program for uh, for pupils and for children, uh, just to go to the coast and trying to find this, and they can measure this and provide photos, just to show. So maybe situation is slightly better. Uh, but uh, so talking about the situation with the Black Sea, um, we have bad things with COVID, right? So uh, people uh, were struggling, and economy is going down. But for ecology, it's better because uh, the level of uh, oxidation acidification uh, of the sea is uh, is getting normal. Maybe it will be good at the end of the day. Yeah, I can completely understand that. I think the environmental impact of the pandemic will be something that's studied long into the future. But to touch on your studies for a second, you started at Odessa State Environmental University. And now I'm studying here in the UK in the University of Southampton. That's the biggest, I think, in the European Union uh, that connected with uh, geology. Uh, so the main uh, proposed to study here is uh, getting more into the metrics. And as far as now, that's a big problem that uh, not all the system now unified in the Black Sea, for example. And we are working with different programs, providing different data. And for me, like a scientist, is uh, the main uh, motivation uh, to study as much as I can here about software like MATLAB to understand tides and sea level and all the balance about chemicals and to provide these knowledges uh, to Ukraine. Because um, unfortunately, our research base uh, in my country is not very good de developed. Uh, it's based on uh, history of Ukraine and um, some problems that we are struggling in political things. And not a lot of young people would like to go into science because on one hand, uh, that's uh, not very good, so well funded. On other can, uh, hand, um, more and more people would like to go for IT. But we need to find a bridge between IT and software and things that's going on now with ecological situation. That's interesting, and I think we can relate to that in our capacity building work. Particularly if you look at courses that link blue growth and ocean science, there aren't many options out there at the moment. 
Yes, that's right. So that was a big problem for me because when I decided to go for oceanography, I found only one university in my country uh, that can uh, provide any knowledge uh, that was in Odessa. And we have only two students, me and other boy, uh, studying masters in oceanography. And this year they have maybe three or four. So not not big, <laughs> not a big change. But anyway, uh, main uh, thing about Ukraine is that we are studying more hydrology uh, because uh, of the some problems uh, with the river, with the flags and uh, coastal management in the western parts of Ukraine. So that's why more and more people getting more into the fresh water, not in the salted water. And uh, for example, if I'm talking about oceanography with my friends, they asking, okay, so ocean, ocean is very far from Ukraine. What do you study? And I say, okay, so that's everything about salt water, uh, salted water. So Black Sea is a part of, of the ocean and people need to know about this. So we can talk about very basic things, but we need to provide this knowledge to young people for now. And what would you say about Odessa University? I don't know if you know, but they're actually one of the partner organizations indoors who, amongst other things, are working on developing harmonized methodologies for sampling, measurement, analysis and modeling for the Black Sea. And that's one of the major bits of work that we're doing. But how would you recommend Odessa as a place to study? Oh, I really I like that people are very enthusiastic about this. So, for example, talking about salaries, they're very low, they're very low. Uh, dramatically, but people doing their work, they come into to to the university, to the building every morning. They are like with a fire in their eyes all the time, and then just give me something like a wins, um, because uh, I could be disappointed uh, about uh, that we have very old books or something like this. But it doesn't matter uh, because anyway, we have our black sea and we have problems, and that we need to have solution for this. And what do you think the best ways are to bring these issues to the general public? Because at the end of the day, we're going to need, you know, collective behaviour change. Oh, that's why we have COP26, I think, so we will have this year after year just to educate a little bit. Uh, for example, uh, to throw the plastic into special boxes, to uh, consume less water when it's not obligatory, when it's not needed, just to take care about the sea and... Um, I think it's just to show human behavior uh, and to not be like a villain or a barbarian with Black Sea like it was many years ago. And do you think there's a sense of momentum that's grown in the last five years as the climate emergency has become more prominent in the media, things like that? Um, maybe in the European Union, but unfortunately not in my country. So people are trying hard to do something, but mainly in the big, big cities. Uh, like uh, in Kiev or, or sometimes in Odessa, but we still don't have this uh, system of um, uh, of the litter sorting. But I think that we now have more and more people that uh, have their consciousness and very good consciousness about things that's going on. Uh, and I hope the next generation uh, will be more and more aware and will try to, to do more about this. But anyway, so it's like a balance. You need to talk more. And the, in this case, you will have more action because just to keep silence, it's not the way. And thinking maybe 10 or even 20 years in the future, how would you like to see the Black Sea change and develop? Um, um, I hope that uh, people uh, will see this like a main goal in their behavior. Uh, I would like to see more crops and different mollusks uh, that will be back to the fresh water. And uh, also, um, I think that we need to do something about estuaries because it's not only problem of the salted water of the Black Sea, but also a connection with, with the rivers. And so, um, as far as I know, that the World Bank are starting a lot of different initiatives for startups. 
to get this uh, phosphates and other pollutants uh, from the sea and make, for example, fertilizers. Uh, so I would like to see more and more people engage in these startups and selling their brains uh, not only for big companies um, like majors, but also for something that will be reasonable for water. And I would like to see beaches clean. And you mentioned startups there and obviously stimulating the blue economy in the Black Sea is one of the main objectives indoors. And that's really about encouraging the use of ocean resources for economic growth, livelihood, jobs, but in a way that's sustainable and protects the ecosystem. What would you like to see happen or what needs to happen in that respect? Yeah, sure. I think that we need to have uh, government programs for these ecological purposes and maybe uh, um, some discounts for taxes because, for example, in Ukraine, we, we have a lot of different tax programs for um, IT things, but mainly for a big corporation and data analytics. But for sure, we can use data analytics also for C because we have a lot of raw data, but how to put it in one system and to have predictions, that, that's the problem. Because, for example, I'm studying now uh, seashell for uh, in the university at Southampton, we have a lot of um, different numbers, but only about the UK. And for example, if uh, I would like to have something and have prediction forecast for the Black Sea, I cannot find the data. That's a bad thing, really. So that's awful. That's a shame. Uh, and I hope to see uh, numbers maybe uh, more and more uh, because uh, in this case I can only work without uh, numbers. So that's not possible just to have your thoughts and your imagination. Yeah, and making sense of all that Black Sea data, that's actually one of our main objectives, you know, trying to develop a harmonised data platform so that all that scientific information across the Black Sea is consolidated into the one system that's shareable, understandable, something everybody can learn from. I think we'll be talking more about that in this series as we progress. But I think that's a nice thought to end today's interview on. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us today, Natalia. You've given us a real sense of your journey into ocean science, and a lot of young people will definitely be interested in that. And also the challenges facing the Black Sea from a Ukrainian perspective. It's been really good to hear, and I've definitely learned a lot. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure for me. Okay, so you've been listening to the first ever Doors Black Sea podcast. You can catch up with this series through our website, www.doorsblacksea.eu, but we'll also be on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to hit that like button and share these episodes in your networks. It really does help us raise awareness of what's going on in the Black Sea and how people can get involved. So if you're a scientist, policymaker, or even a blue growth business working in the region and have an idea for an episode or a topic you'd like us to cover, please get in touch with us because we'd love to hear from you. Until then, thanks so much for listening and we'll see you again soon. <laughs>